Welcome to Reflections from the Front, the experience of women veterans. On this episode, we will be speaking with Virginia Willard, a retired nurse who served in Vietnam from 1967 to 1968 as an operating room nurse. She was awarded the Army Commendation Medal for her service in Vietnam. A bit about growing up in your family. All right, I am from Pennsylvania. Uh, well, I actually was born in Illinois. I lived there about two months, and then the next five years lived in uh, Michigan, Sheboygan, Michigan, and St. Ignace. That's where my dad was from. Mm -hmm. Then um, when I was five, they moved to Warrington. Um, he did not have a job in uh, Michigan. He was working on the Straits uh, from Mackinac to St. Ignace. And when they built the bridge, then he didn't have a job as a ferry anymore. That's how I got to Pensacola. I went to St. John's Catholic School, Catholic High School, and Sacred Heart School of Nursing. We had a good life. My dad, they weren't super rich, but we had what we needed. Yeah. So, and if it was something he had to go and shake the tree, that he would go shake the trees. My oldest brother was in the Air Force. My second brother was not. He chose to work at a hospital in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, he did not want to go into service at that time. And then the youngest brother was in the Air Force. Oh, wow. Interesting. The boys were in the Air Force and I was in the Army. I, uh, I knew that I did like military service growing up. My dad in and he always talked about it. And I live in Pensacola. You have military. And uh, so when I was in nursing school, the Army had a program where your last year of a hospital-based nursing school, they would pay you PFC monthly, quarters allowance, and food allowance which amounted to about $150 mm -hmm. while you were in nursing school. As soon as you graduated, you no longer were in the Army until you passed your state boards. Once you passed your state boards, then you were now an officer in the Army Nurse Corps, and that was a good program for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it helped the last year. It also let me buy a Mustang and... Uh, and I could drive around quite a bit. So, and it also gave me an opportunity to go in the army. And at that time, Vietnam was occurring. And, and I knew that at some point I would go over there. My first duty station was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I got there in November. We did our, we did our uh, training to be in the military in San Antonio. Um, that summer, I passed state boards, and they immediately had me in the officer corps wow. and out in San Antonio. It took a couple months for uh, your basic. Then I was in Albuquerque in November. As soon as I went back to Albuquerque in December after Christmas, I put in a what they call a 10 1099, 1049 requests to be transferred. Mm -hmm. 
chose to be transferred to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So I got orders about a month later. And the 2nd of April, I went to Vietnam. Well, there was a couple of reasons. One, they needed assistance. Two, it was warmer than Korea. And that was my two choices at that time. And I, I don't care for cold weather. So I said, I'm going to Vietnam. And they needed people, a whole bunch of people at that time. It was just, it was building up to be significant. Yes. So, uh, so I did. Uh, the nurse friend buddy that I worked with in Albuquerque did the same thing. We both wanted to go together. So we did. Yes. Uh, I got there first. She got her orders a month after I did. And then she came and they stationed us in the same place. Uh, our first duty station was Quignon. We were there about four months. They were building a new hospital in Pleiku. And so once they got it ready, we got transferred to Pleiku. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, so we went up there. We both worked in the OR. Um, I actually did not tell anybody that I volunteered. Mm -hmm. Only because my mother would have gone ballistic. So I just did not want to do that. So I told her I got orders. Now, I think all along she knew I probably volunteered. And I know my dad knew, I told him, but my mom was, she, she worried about me the whole time being over there. And I understand that. We yes. were super busy. Uh, in Quignon, our uh, hospital was uh, a Quonset hut. You know what a Quonset hut is? It's a round, round warehouse looking building. Um, mm -hmm. Let me see. It's like a dome, uh, mm -hmm. a long dome. That's a Quonset hut. Gotcha. And, and the ones in Queen Yon were that. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of the areas that look like a building, if you would, four sides and a roof. But for the most part, the Quonset huts were attached to that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, the OR was one of those Quonset huts. Yeah. We had six, uh, six OR suites, if you would. Um, not elaborate. Uh, we had <clears throat> we had to do the, our own hand cleaning of the instruments and then put them in the autoclave. There was no equipment to do that. Wash beforehand. Where hospitals in the United States have that kind of equipment, yes. put them in a big washer steamer and that kind of stuff, and then wrap them and put them in the sterilizer. We uh, did all that hand done. Exactly. We not only took care of the military, we did take care of some civilians. Yeah. And um, in Pleiku, we did have some uh, POWs, um, Vietnam uh, soldiers, the POWs that we did uh, take care of, mm -hmm. but not a lot. As soon as we got them in, we did what we could, and then they went somewhere else. So. Yes. The OR. I was there during the Tet Offensive in 1968, and that was, that was not, uh, that was pretty intense. Our hospital got hit twice with rockets coming in. The building that uh, uh, the nurses were in, female nurses, uh, it was, uh, it was four sides and a, a roof, okay, this looked like a building. 
and we each had a room. So there were seven rooms in this building and the eighth room was a bathroom, mm-hmm. shower, bathroom. And four rooms on one side, four rooms on the other. Um, the room at the end of the, the room was, you put a bed in this room and the bed went from one side of the wall to the other side. So it wasn't real wide as far, that's where the bed fit. And then, uh, and then you, it went a little further with the other direction. Mm-hmm. So everybody had their own little room and, and that was good. We ate at a, the mess hall, but we also got stuff from home. So we all had little refrigerators and stuff to keep that in and our stash of goodies from the United States. One of the rockets hit right outside of our building. And it hit closer to the end, the opposite end that I was in. And the girl that was in that room was on uh, leave, that her uh, TDY. Had she been in her room, she probably would have gotten hurt because it messed up that end room. The rest of the building was okay. We had a, we had where we all put on underneath our bed and it was up high was our flak jacket, our helmet, and, and stuff um, outside. The, the building was sandbagged, so up to a certain point where we had some windows. And uh, so when, when we'd have a disaster, uh, uh, bombing like that, we would all get underneath our beds with our helmet, with our flak jacket, because we'd be lower than the sandbags. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes, that does. That sounds very scary. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, yeah, it was pretty scary with the rockets coming in, not knowing where they were going to hit. Yeah. But but um, um, my friend JF, name is Jane Francis JF. Her and I uh, were in the building. The other one was on that. So the other three girls, four girls, were actually working in the hospital that night. Oh, wow. One hospital wings did get hit and um and we did lose three uh at that time there were some vietnamese staying in there friendly vietnamese and and three of them got killed no americans they got injured but no one died Mm -hmm. pretty scary yes absolutely a week later it got hit again. So it got hit twice with rockets. Um, the way the the area was, and this was in Pleiku, the airport, the Air Force had a big airport, and it would be like um, half a mile down the hill. You could see it because it was had no trees and stuff like that. So from the hospital, we could look down and see the runway and everything. Mm-hmm. We feel like they weren't necessarily trying to hit the hospital. They were trying to hit the Air Force runway. At that time, I was now a first lieutenant. I had gotten, and I went in as a second and now was first. Mm-hmm. So whoever was in, you know, had the biggest rank was in charge. Well, when he got stationed out to the field, JF was now in charge and I was her assistant. And I was 24. 
and she was 25 and we were running an OR in Vietnam. What would you say the public thought about women serving in the military at that time? They probably did not have good feelings for them at all. Um, I, I don't know that mm -hmm. uh, for sure, but that was, in, you know, I came back in 1968. That was not a good time in the United States. Anyway, everybody was revolting mm -hmm. for whatever reason. They, you know, we were in Vietnam. That was a war. They didn't want to be there, but... They certainly were not supporting the military that was there. Some folks may have, but I have no no discrimination whatsoever the whole time I was in there. It was a good experience. Some days better than others, but I'm kind of a strong head person, which your grandma would probably tell you that. I'm pretty intense. And uh, sometimes the military didn't do things my way which they're not going to. So it was, it was a fit that I, it was time for me to be gone um, out of the military and in civilian doing what I really wanted to do, which was to work in the OR. And um, had I got another duty station, I probably would have been put somewhere that I did not want to work, PEDS, labor and delivery, whatever, because they'll put you wherever they need you. I worked at Stanford in the OR at San Francisco. I loved it. I met my future husband in, in California and we've been married 51 years. So how would you say your military service changed you? What did you learn from your time in the military? When one goes over to a war zone, one comes back different. So I went over there as a a young lady out of school, you know, just you got to get your feet wet somewhere. Well, when you got to Vietnam, you got them wet real quick, real fast. You grew up. So, yes, grow up, you're going to be in trouble. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, you, matured, you matured a whole lot quicker than I think you would do not in that situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, having a, a rocket come in, you know, that's not necessarily something that you experience yeah. every day. <laughs> No, you don't. So um, did you ever talk about your experience in Vietnam? Or that was kind of, I know, a touchy subject at the time when you were coming back. Um, at the time in California, probably my friend Paul, of course, knew. And uh, maybe two or three other people. But I don't know anybody at work except when I, maybe the boss knew it. But I didn't talk about it. They didn't ask about it. So... I think nowadays, I think there's better opportunities, and I think it certainly is a different, different military. Yeah. I'll give you an example when I was, it, and this was some time ago. This is '66, '67, '68. If a woman became pregnant, she no longer could be in the military. Mm -hmm. She was discharged. Yeah. That doesn't occur now. No. <laughs> Okay, they have they have women pregnant clothes now, which they didn't then. Women clothes that you got were actually small men's clothes, and now they're women's designed uniforms. So yeah. things like that have changed for the better. I know they're allowed to do a lot more 
I'm not sure I would want to do some of the things that they're not, because they can go out and fight in the field. Uh, I don't want to do that part. So yeah. they can digest, they can get shot down and et cetera. I think it's to say a lot, but I, I'm pretty happy to stay on the ground. Parker, one, one other thing that uh, I did not receive it until about four or five years after I was out of the military, I got a notification, but I did receive the Army Commendation Medal Award for work in Vietnam. Wow, that's so, fantastic. I'm really proud of that, so. Absolutely, as you should be. That's really yeah. great. So we got that and, and I get to keep in touch with my good buddy, JF, and, uh, and that's pretty cool. So. Yes, for sure. To, to have friendships that last that long, it's pretty fantastic. Well, it's an interesting little phenomena there in that when she left Vietnam, she got stationed in Italy. Oh, wow. And that's where she met her future husband. Mm -hmm. This is 1968, 68, 69. We don't have cell phones. Mm -hmm. We don't have emails okay so it's letters or pick up the phone yes so i write her a letter in in july or maybe may say i'm really dating this neat guy she says she's dating a neat guy over in italy so i write to her sometime after july because i got engaged july the 4th and she got engaged july the 4th oh wow okay. <laughs> So it's pretty cool. So a little bit later, I write and say, hey, we're going to get married February the 7th next year, the following 1970. She said, well, I'm getting married the 14th of February. Oh. <laughs> okay. I mean, pretty crazy, right? Yeah. And uh, so we both did. Um, I, I am now pregnant and I write her say, hey, I'm pregnant. I'm all have a baby in August. She said, I'm going to have a baby in August. So our girls were born like maybe five days different apart. Wow. Now, back in the United States living in Michigan. So, you know, we communicate a little bit more and then I write and say, hey, I'm, I'm pregnant. She, she is too. Believe it or not, my son was born in November the 15th, 10 days early. She had been mm -hmm. born in December, and her son was born in December, the first of December. Wow. That's incredible. So it is. And so then I got a letter from her. She says, I'm pregnant again. I said, not me. <laughs> so she went on. She had four children, and I, and I have two. We have two. So but this is, again, with no cell phones, nothing else. We, we just have been real good friends. Yeah, you're in sync. <laughs> <laughs> in sync yeah yes and she had, we had a big 50th wedding celebration last year your grandma came to it and she was there she oh, came wow. for the celebration which is pretty cool so thank you for joining us for this episode of reflections from the front we hope you will join us for our last episode with lynn hannell